You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is the sermon recording from this week's service, but first, here are the readings. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created humans in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can anyone of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? This is the word of the Lord. You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. And now for this week's sermon. Will you pray with me? Creator God, may we hear your words in our hearts. May the words I speak be those of you and not my own. In Jesus' name, Amen. In our first reading tonight, we heard the words, God saw all that they had made and it was very good. What do the words very good mean to you? Perfect, beautiful, clean, safe, sufficient for everyone. And at that time, God gave humankind a task. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the land, 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Made in God's image, in God's likeness. I don't think this means just physically, but also in ability and wisdom. So that we can just as easily rule and make the right decisions with regards to creation as God can. And so God granted us the right to rule over creation. I don't really like the word rule. It makes me sound like a king and I'm not one of them. As Ronnie said, it's about being stewards of creation. And in this context, it means to be managers, to be responsible for the goods and property of another. We don't own it, but we've been put in charge of the land, the earth, on behalf of God. It was a fundamental reason for mankind being created. Caring for creation is not an add-on. It's not a sideline. Not related just to part of our calling. It represents our proper human relationship to the earth. It puts humans squarely in a caretaker position in regard to environmental stewardship. We're not called to be over, to be a master, but to be a servant, to look after creation for future generations and serve creation itself. Obviously, we can be good or bad stewards. So what sort of job have we done? Well, the following all created by God, and in the first chapter of Genesis, they saw them as good and no longer around. The West African black rhino was last seen in 2006, the Chinese river dolphin in 2002, the Tasmanian tiger in 1936, and the dodo in 1666. Then there's those that aren't yet extinct, but soon will be. The white rhino, the Sumatran tiger, and the Westland low gorilla. And that's just a few of an ever-growing list of animals that are nearing extinction, let alone plants and insects. So is that good stewardship? Let me read a quote, not from scientists, but from economists. Every year, the World Economic Forum aggregates economic opinion to form the basis for its global risk report. This looks at the most pressing problems facing the world in terms of their likelihood and impact. The 14th such survey for 2019 shows the unprecedented urgency of climate-related risk. For the first time, environmental risks account for 60% of the most urgent risks facing the planet. Extreme weather events and the failure to mitigate and adapt for climate change are ranked numbers one and two in terms of their likelihood. 
The World Economic Forum bleakly states, the world is sleeping into catastrophe. How's that, good stewardship? Let me read you a story about Ruth. And as you listen to this story, I encourage you to think about all that you have. Ruth is married with five surviving children, two of them living at home with Ruth and her husband. They live in a very poor community in central Nigeria, with just a basic access road, no sanitation, only pond water to drink. Harvests are poor, and families like Ruth's often experience a hunger gap. So when food runs out before the next harvest, of three or more months a year. Home life was a torment. Ruth's children were Rebecca for food, but she felt unable to provide for them. The constant demand for food was a real problem for me, she says. I tried my best to give them anything. Any food I had, I would give to my children. But it wasn't just nutrition that the children were lacking. Their education was suffering too. I tried to send them to school, but the teachers would send my children back because I could not pay the fees. Ruth could barely feed her children, so there was no surplus to pay for school expenses. Desperate for a source of extra income, Ruth resorted to back-breaking physical work. I would go into the bush to find firewood. She would forage for many miles into the bush to find huge, several long metre long branches, tie them into a bundle as thick as a car wheel, lift the bundle onto her head to carry on the long journey home, and from home then walk them several kilometres to the nearest market. Another pressing concern was Ruth and her family's home. The grass roof needed constant maintenance. The rains, whilst welcome, would rot the grass. It would get infested with termites, eaten away and saturated by rain. The roof was left littered with holes. She didn't have enough food, poor housing, and couldn't send her children to school. She has to pay for her education and also her health care. But things are happening, and Ruth goes on to say, I noticed that many of the women I knew were fitting zinc metal roofs to their homes. They said it was because they joined a self-help group. They were encouraged by the group to be active and learn new ways to farm. Ruth joined a church-run self-help group. Saving a little helps a lot. When you collect the share of your savings, you can help solve some of your needs. Her desires aren't great. A zinc roof, fertiliser, chicken, pigs and goats, and to send her children to school.
compared with what Ruth and millions of her have or don't have. Think about what we do. How has this made us good stewards of creation when some have so much and others so little? When the consequences of our actions mean some suffer drought, leading to hunger and despair, whilst others suffer from floods and storms, resulting in the loss of all they have, the loss of loved ones and the loss of their lives. How's that good stewardship? There are many different examples I could give about climate change and the impact it has. Maybe not so much on us, but on other people around the world and the animals, birds, plant life and the seas all around us. How does any of that make us good stewards? But climate change is not the only element of our stewardship that has a massive impact. There's one thing many of us do every week, once a week, or maybe once a fortnight. It might be in the evening before we go to bed or in the morning when we get up. We put out our bins for the bin man to collect and take away our rubbish. Most of us have heard about the effects of plastics on our oceans and wildlife. What we often don't hear is the huge impact it has on people. Did you know that in the UK we throw away enough plastic to fill two double-decker buses every 30 seconds? Did you know two billion people in the world's poorest countries are living and working amongst piles of waste because they don't have their rubbish collected? That's one in four people in the world without waste collection. They have no choice but to burn their rubbish to get rid of it, or throw it into waterways, or live amongst it. So they're breathing toxic air, drinking polluted water, and battling sickness. Up to a million people die each year because of pollution from waste. That's one person every 30 seconds. Diana Marina is 23 years old and lives with her sister, her husband and their children in Brazil. She says she often sees soft drinks bottles in the river near her home. Plastic waste such as this creates a breeding ground for disease-carrying mosquitoes. It blocks waterways and drains, which cause flooding. She says, when it floods, everyone gets diarrhea and sickness. Just this week, I had to help my daughter, who was vomiting. Another problem is the rats. There are lots of rats. I get very down, but there is nothing I can do about it because I don't have anywhere else to go. How's that good stewardship? All I've done tonight is mention a couple of things, climate change, waste problems, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Icebergs that won't be round much longer if we don't do something about it. 
So what can we do about it? How can we be better stewards? You get your electricity. Where do you get your electricity from? Is it from 100% renewable sources? There are companies around who you can change to where this is the case. We could walk more, use public transport more, use the car less, eat less meat, especially red meat. Cut down on your plastic usage. Don't buy bottles of water. Use a refillable bottle. Use a refillable mug in the coffee shop. Recycle as much as you can. And for us as a community, recycle as much as we can. Don't just put it in the black bag in the kitchen. Can it be recycled? Put it in the blue bean in the car park. Put money towards buying trees to be planted so that they can help absorb the excess CO2. We could join in with campaigns and marches, and I'm going to show you a short film about them. Tiffan's campaign, campaigns against Coca-Cola, Nestle, Pepsi-Cola, and someone else whose name escapes me at the moment. It's the four major organisations that use plastic bottles. It campaigns for them to stop using plastic bottles so that they it can use things like glass bottles. They might be heavier, they might cost them more, but they can be reused. If you want more details about how you sign up to that, you can see me afterwards. And I'm sure there are also a lot more things that you are all doing and are aware of that we can do to help save our planet. Because we are created and called to be responsible stewards for the earth God has created. We enjoy its beauty, so let's also help maintain that beauty for both our future and for future generations. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. To find out more about what we do, head across to our website, www.northernlightsmcc.org.uk.